Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country, with a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome listeners just joining us across the country through the miracle of the internet. You missed a great meal and real challah bread. One piece left. I know I'm not supposed to eat bread, but this is good Jewish bread, and it's good. It's very good, and it's warm, and it's awesome, and bless me, and it's out of the oven, so you can't beat that. So, okay, so what we do here is, you guys all know what we do here. We share laughter and food from 5 to 5.30 here in New Orleans, and we'd love for you to join us. It's a very welcoming group, especially if you bring food. Now, lately, I think developing a trend, we always kind of have pizza and fried chicken and some other homemade stuff. But now, all of a sudden, we have ice cream. And I don't know what that says about us, but we're we're growing as a group. <laughs> and we have someone, the person who wins for the farthest coming live this day is from Orlando, Florida, Courtney Ann. So we're glad to have you. It's wonderful to have you. We're sorry for the reason you had to come up for your grandma passing away, Sean and Angie. Uh, we definitely offer you our condolences and the loss of Sean's mom, Flo. Uh, but we know that she's in heaven. So what we do here, we blaze a trail of old and new uh, in our styles of study and worship of Adonai Elohim and his son, Yeshua Hamashiach. Now, what did I just say? I said of God and Jesus the Messiah. We are decidedly politically incorrect, and we cut it straight and go straight to the point. We are unmistakably pro and we make no apology for being pro-Israel and pro-America. I am the Black Robe Regiment. You'll notice that to the extent possible, we use the appropriate, accurate Hebrew word for the characters and places in Scripture. And I'm not pretending to be Jewish, although I'd be proud to be Jewish. Remember, the fans of the Bible are being held by predominantly Hebrew people, teaching us through their shared struggle and experiences of faith. The Hebrew people are the origin of our faith. We're not their origin or even the perfecter of their faith. They are our origin, and Yeshua is the perfecter of our faith. Yeshua, why do I say that? Well, it's the Hebrew name for the Lord. It means Yahweh, the Lord is salvation in Hebrew. The English spelling of Yeshua is Joshua. However, when translated from Hebrew into the Greek language, the name Yeshua becomes Jesus. The English spelling for Jesus is Jesus. And that's how we got it through the 2,000-year-old game of telephone. I chose to cut out the middleman, the thousand years, and just call him by his original and actual name, Yeshua. Now, while you're at it, you're at your computer. If you're driving, you can't do this because you'll be on a mobile phone, a mobile phone. 
But when you have the chance, when you get home or get on your computer or whatever, click on follow or subscribe or uh, at, uh, here at blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. And if you use Twitter and Facebook, follow us on at the ninja Now, on Facebook, there's a cool thing that on set up, uh, www.facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. If you go there, just under left leg, I believe, you will see the sign-up button. If you click on the sign-up button, that will give you all the information. that will link you in. You'll have notice of our shows, and you'll get messages and stuff like that. We won't spam you, but you will know what's going on. You can check out free past shows and messages there. I just did a speech on Tuesday. Wait, what day was it? Not Tuesday. What day was it? Someday this week I gave a speech at the University of Delaware to the special interest fraternities, and we're already up over 120-some thousand downloads from that. It's crazy, but it's very well received, and it's free. So if I had a nickel for everyone. <laughs> Hey, remember, also, you can go to the Ninja Pastor, theninjapastor.com. We have a big announcement tomorrow on uh, the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show. We won't be on taking that first, then Blog Talk Radio. Starting tomorrow, Monday, at 4 p.m., we will go for two straight hours on Blog Talk Radio. We will no longer be on Toginet. Thank the Toginet folks uh, for our first year in radio, and we, we appreciate all that they meant to us, but we are 100% on Blog Talk Radio now for two hours on Monday, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, so we're studying 2 Corinthians 8. Hey, man, do give or say is this. What I meant was this. Sometimes we call that intent. I intended a certain way. But what's actually in our hearts? How do we know what's in our hearts? Well, you can find out here today is the day I'm going to tell you. And the emissary or the apostle Paul, the emissary Shaul, uh, helps us. And this is going to be fun. And this is kind of what I call the why behind the try. We do things for a reason. We do things for a reason. We, we're motivated somehow or another to do things. Some people are mot- I'm motivated a lot by food because I like food. Right, so I want to eat. Amen, brother. That's why I hunt. I love being outdoors and all that, but I love food. So there's nothing better than, you know, locally harvested and harvested and sourced food, 100% organic. I love that. But what is intent? So if I took on this table here and I put three glasses of water, just one, two, or no, three gl- empty glasses. Let's just do it with empty. Why not? Three empty glasses here. And there was a person that came up and said, may I have a glass of water? I would say, sure. And I'd come over here to this picture right here, and, uh, and I would do what? I'd pour them water. That's not hard, right? My intent is to help them out, to give them what they need. Well, what if three people came up? What if three people came up? And they said, hey, we'd really like a glass of water, but I only had enough for one person. What could I do? I could split it. They could share it. Or I could give it all to one. I just pick one. Look, I, I intend to help all of you. I want to help all of you, but I can only help one of you. What if? What if they didn't say anything, and I couldn't discern it with my own eyes, but what if out of the three people, one of the people 
one of the thirsty, thirsty people was so dehydrated they weren't going to make it through. They weren't going to make it another hour. If they could get water, life-giving water, they weren't going to make it. But they didn't tell me. They just came up with the others. Man, can I have a glass of water? Who needed it worse? The one that's the one that's dehydrated. The one that's not going to make it. And say, let's say I have, and this is an illustration of intent. Don't forget, three me for water. I have water. I have plenty of water for all three people. I only give one person water. I intend to give all three the water. I only did give one water. It's not a big deal, right? If it's regular people. I only gave one. I wanted to give them three, but for some reason, I don't know why. I intended to give them three, but I didn't. Well, what if all three were dying of thirst? What if all three were dying of thirst, so dehydrated, so completely and totally and tragically, but preventably, they would die if they if I don't actually give them water. All three of them are dying of thirst. But I didn't give them water. I wanted to, I intended to, but I didn't. Does intent mean anything here? No. Right, you're all shaking your heads. No, probably at home you're shaking your heads. Drive on the road, you're going, no, that doesn't. By the way, how the Hill Groups, we, we uh, loved having the Hill Group family with us. Uh, they're in New York City right now enjoying a christening meal, big old christening meal. So I know they're going to be listening on their way home. So be safe. They'll be back next week. Love having that. Um, intent is so important. Like if, you're, if your heart is good, my heart, my heart is good. I want to do nice things for people. I have the capacity to do nice things for people, but I just don't do nice things for people. All right, who here has been a parent or is a parent, right? So if you have small kids or you had small kids at some point, your kid really wants to please you, right? But they don't ever do the right thing. They don't ever do the right thing. I really love you, dad or mom. I really love you. Okay, well, what I need you to do is I need you to clean your room. I need you to... You know, pick up for yourself. That's that's all I need. I really just need you to do that. And they don't even come close to doing that. They don't even make an effort. I really love you, Mom. I really love you, Dad. Hey, listen, if you drive the car, I need you to not leave it empty of gas. I need you to put gas in it. So I go out the next morning after one of my children borrowed my vehicle. You can tell this is a fantasy story because that ain't happening. And uh, and, <laughs> and so uh, so I go out to my vehicle, and I've got a real important place to go. I've got a hospital visit. Come visit uh, one of my dear friends from Arke Halad's having surgery. And I, it's real important that I get there by a certain time so I can find the place. So I go, and, and uh, I go out to my vehicle, and I turn the key, and then all of a sudden the blinking red light says, yo, you out of gas. So I text my child and say, hey, what gives? I said, anytime you use my vehicle, you got to put gas in. You can't leave me empty of gas. i got somewhere real important to go. Oh, Dad, I really meant to. I intended to put gas in it. Well, intent doesn't do anything here to help me out. What I want to do didn't help me out. Right? Can we not agree? He feels bad. Or she feels really bad. Oh, I feel so bad. I really intended to do that, Dad, but it just slipped my mind. Or, gosh, I was, yeah, there you go. The road to hell paved with good intentions. What if, let's say it's a thing, uh, I used to ride motorcycles for years and years and years. We have a motorcycle here. So you're riding along. You say, man, where's my helmet? I forgot my daggone helmet. 
Well, I really did intend to have a helmet on. And you're riding. Of course, you do a lot of cross-country riding. And you're riding, and you're now in a state that demands a helmet. It's a law. Police officer, you lights behind you. Don't twist the right wrist and get away from them. You pull over politely and kindly. Not that you would ever. I'm not thinking. Yeah, it depends on where he is and what kind of cop car they have. So, uh, so you, so you, and you, you tell the the police officer. You say, look, I, I intended to wear a helmet. I really did. I just left the house today without a daggone helmet. That's right. That's right. He's got such a hard head. They say it's like having a helmet on. So, so there it is. So I go hunting. Maybe I go hunting with my buddy Darren. And we're out there, and we, we do bow hunting. So I'm back there, and uh, I come, and I've got my bow, and I'm ready to go. But you know what I don't have? I don't have arrows. Pointy sticks. Sharp pointy sticks. I have them. And, and Darren looks at me and says, where's your arrows, bro? And I said, oh, man, I really intended to bring my arrows. But I didn't. I didn't bring them. I intended to, but I didn't. Let's still go hunting. And Darren would look at me and go, Why? What are we going to do, yell stop and stop louder? Yeah, we're just going to watch the deer? Hey, deer, would you mind committing suicide? I, I don't Here's a knife, you know, do your best. Yeah. So, so intent, intent. So we've seen several different illustrations of intent. I intended to this or that. I intended. Listen, if you're a person, uh, you know, you're, you're exercising, you do all those things, you, you've exercised your intent. You do your exercise, you say, I want to be healthy, and you do that for a whole week, but you don't take a shower with increasing intensity. Your folks that you work with are going to wish that you didn't intend to take a shower. They're going to wish that you did take a shower. Because that mean a thing. All right, so chapter 8. What in the world does that have to do? Now, brothers, we must tell you about the grace. This is Second Corinthians chapter 8. This is Shaul speaking, or Paul. Now, brothers, we must tell you about the grace God has given the congregations in Macedonia, despite severe trials, or even though, and even though they are desperately poor, their joy has overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Listen, while I'm on it, uh, I talked about this before we went live. We did a, a speech this week, or did, yeah, maybe I did it while I was live. Uh, we did a speech this week to a great group of young people um, at the University of Delaware, special interest groups. There are different fraternities all over the country. I would love for everybody listening to download that speech. Awesome, awesome. Sean is 10 steps ahead of me. He has already reposted it on Facebook. He, he didn't intend to. He did, which is even better. So Sean posted that on Sean, S-E-A-N, posted that on Facebook. So go to Facebook, click on like on our God Country radio page, and then you can click on that, and you'll be able to listen to it. It's free of charge. It's not going to charge you. We're not going to pimp you out for a whole lot of information and stuff because uh, I don't know how. I mean, there, there's got to be something to it because everybody does it, but I don't do it. So, And I know Sean doesn't do it. So, But if Sean did it, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Let's be honest. But he doesn't, so I know he doesn't. So go listen to that, because I talk about, in that speech, to this great group of people. I'm telling you, these are awesome, awesome young people. Uh, there was, out of a big group of, of young people, there was two, only two, that were freshmen. 
and the rest were like juniors and seniors. There's a few sophomores in there, but most were juniors, and and the the, uh, the biggest part was were seniors, and they're at a really pivotal point in their lives. And I talked about their top ten list, the things they love to do the most. And I gave an example of my top ten list, and then someone I care about their top ten list. And then I said, at the end of the speech, I said, whose list are you on? Do you live with joy? If you don't live with joy, I guarantee you're not going to be on many people's list. Man, I really love being with so-and-so. I love being with Bob or Bill or Millie or Gloria. Of course, everybody loves being with Gloria. So, right, we love to be with them. That's just great, wonderful time. But if you're not on anybody's list, you have to ask yourself, whose list are you on? And why aren't you? My guess would be you don't live with joy. And why don't you live with joy? Anyway, it isn't because of how much you have or you don't have. I, that's the biggest secret I've learned in life. Uh, Jim Rohn, I paid a whole lot of money a lot of years ago to go listen to a fellow, God rest his soul, Jim Rohn, speak with little experiences of my lifetime. And I heard him say, and I actually bought the recording that was he was recording live back then, tell you how old it was, cassettes. Right? Cassettes it was. Uh, he was recording live, and I remember when I, I'd never heard him speak before. And he kind of has a droning voice. No, if you want to learn, you have to read the books. You have to go to the seminars. You have to practice the task. You have to do the thing. Intent doesn't mean anything. No, you have to go to the seminar. You have to go to the class. Hello. You have to do these things. You have to do these things. You can't intend to do them. You have to do them. Intent is not enough. No, you have to do the thing. You have to go to the thing. And I had a lot of intent then. You know, I don't. this is going to shock you, but I want to do a lot of things at once. I, I want to do everything. It's one of the ways my daughter and I, my dear daughter Lily and I, are so similar in the, in this, from the standpoint that we want to do it all at once. We want to do every bit of it. We'd be dead. Well, I, I say, and this is wrong of me to say, and I'll admit it, um, I'll sleep more when I'm dead. You know, I got too much to do. I, I'm, I'm in it to win it. I, I got, I got to make my mark here while I'm here. Which, by the way, is a very Greek thing. It's not a Hebrew thing. It's a Greek thing. Our legacy. Nothing against Greeks. Anyway. So when I read this, I don't want you to think that, you know, the inverse of desperately poor is, is stinking rich. And that those people are happy. How many of you know somebody? How many of you know somebody right now is popping in your head? A little cartoon thought bubble pops over you. You see a face of somebody that has a whole lot of money and is about the most miserable thing you've ever seen in your life. I'd like to give that a try. You know, be stinking rich. See if I can still be happy. I'll give that a try. Yeah, I, Audrey Hepburn used to say you wear nicer shoes while you're miserable. You go to nicer shows for while you're miserable. Anyway, going back here, uh, despite severe trials, and even though they are desperately poor, their joy has overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Woo. Now, that's confusing. Despite severe trials, and even though they are desperately poor, their joy... Their joy, their joy has overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Man, 
let me tell you something. You want to be like somebody? You want to do something how somebody does it? That's what you want to do. Somebody that has been through severe trials, and they're desperately poor. Stella and Richard Wharton, you guys have heard me tell the story. They lived in a one-room shack. It was the cleanest one-room shack I've ever seen in my life, but one-room shack, they had nothing. Neither of them could read. They only went to the fourth grade. Stella and Richard Wharton, they were the happiest people I've ever met in my life. They were the happiest people. They had nothing. They had nothing. They had one set of sheets for their bed, their meager bed. They had they had one blanket for their bed. They had only two pairs of shoes. They had their Sunday dress up and whatever else important they had to go to and their regular clothes. And they wore those clothes everywhere. They wore shoes everywhere. They had nothing. They were the happiest people I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't fake joy. It was real joy. It was joy unspeakable and full of glory. They loved, oh, Lord, thank you so much for giving me this house. The house don't leak. We don't have water coming in our heads. So many folk out there got water. I, I sat there next to them while they said grace, while Mr. Wharton said grace. Thank you, Lord. We got these nice people up in our house, our friends, our good friends. They get all choked up. Coming up in our house eating food with us. And we sitting in here, and we don't have any water on our head. It's pouring down right now. And we safe, and we dry, and we eat good food with our good friends. We got friends, Lord. Thank you for our friends. Amen. Glory to God. That comes from joy that just can't be bridled. It can't be stopped within you. Listen, I know lots of folks, folks in this room, folks going through cancer again. Our dear friend Don, he's he's out at the cancer treatment center. Again, listen, my sweet, sweet, lovely friend, since we've been since we've been little kids, Eric. Our whole school time, we've been in school together. Eric, my buddy, my friend. He's got the same disease Don has, multiple myeloma. And let me tell you what, his kidneys shut down this week. I'm gonna be going to see him on Tuesday. I love this dude. I'm, I'm telling you, I love my brother. He's a good guy with a great attitude. He loves Jesus. He plays gospel music and, and sings. And, 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 and last week, week before last, the chemo, he had to go back on chemo. And his kidney shut down. So now he's got to have dialysis three days a week. But he's joyful. You know what he would say? He would say, I would say, oh, man, brother, it's, uh, this is horrible what's happening to you. Oh, man, two and a half, almost three years ago, they told me I had 90 days to live. They said, brother, you're going to check out, Eric. You're done. This time. Look at the time we had. Look at the time I've had with my children. No, I don't want to die, but I'm glad to have lived. I'm glad to have lived. Despite severe trials. I'm here to tell you, we, we can classify our lives in one way or another. We can, we can be, well, we can be, I don't know, it's been hard, hurt, <sighs> I live uphill both ways, you know? You know people like that. What do you do when you see people like that? You run. You run. But Tigger, Tigger, he don't have much more. Let's be honest. He doesn't have much more. He's not that sharp. 
He's not that sharp. I'm going to be honest with you. Tigger's not that sharp. But Tigger's all about living. You know, he's all about living. I would do an impression, but I don't get in trouble with Disney. It's not actually Disney, is it? It is Disney? I did not know that. I do a really good Tigger. I'll do it sometime. I'll catch you by surprise. Desperately poor. Listen, Shaul could have written this any way that he wanted. He could have written this any way he wanted. He could have written this any way he wanted, but he chose the words carefully. And he wrote, desperately poor. Their joy has overflowed in a wealth of generosity. <laughs> Listen, one of the things that I thought about back in the day when uh, Stella, now they've gone to reward a long time ago. They're, they're in heaven. They're rejoicing in heaven. Richard and Stella don't ever have to worry about their shoes. Uh, she could mend. She could mend anything. I mean, she would mend. She had a little needle. She didn't have a bunch of needles. She had a needle. And she had thread, and she would mend everything. Her clothes were clean. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did I don't know how they kept her clean. It, it, they always looked like, you know, they were clean and happy. They were clean and they were happy. Don't know how they did it. I don't know the secret. I don't know the secret. But what I do know is if Stella and Richard Wharton and you needed a shirt, they'd give you one of theirs. Listen, don't talk to me about generosity. If if you give 25 cents to somebody that really needs money, and you talk about how generous you are, and you have a $100 in your pocket, and that's the 50th $100 bill you've seen in your pocket all week, you can't talk to me about generosity. That's not generosity. What's your intent? Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to give him a little something, you know, because I'm magnanimous that way. So Shaul goes on to say, I tell you, they have not merely given, given according to their means, but of their own free will. Look, are you generous if somebody forces you to give? You know what that's called? Taxes. That's called an oppressive government that says, hey, we're going to make you give to what we say you're going to give to. And you know what? You're going to give as much as we say. And if we calculate it, even if we're wrong, even if we're wrong, if we calculate it wrong, we're going to make you give. And if you don't give it voluntarily, we're going into your bank accounts, and we're taking the money. Or we take your house, or we take your car, whatever you want. We'll take it. But they've not merely given according to their means, but of their own free will, and they have given beyond their means. How many know people that are just such generous people? They're not stupid. They just get, they say, hey, the good that has come into my life, I want to give. I know people in this room that have done it with me, that have given to me. After my crash and after all of these things that have happened in my life, you all have a brief generosity and love overflowing into my life. The people in the back of the room, this is their home. They've said, here, Lord, here's our house. We're going to worship you with our home. And they've opened it up. And we come in here and we bring food and laughter and tears sometimes into their very busy lives. And they love us through it. Listen, that's giving even beyond your means. What does God do when you give that way? He gives you increase. He, he, he gives you more to give because he, he knows you can be trusted. Beyond their means. They begged and pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service for God's people. Also, they didn't do this in the way we had expected. But first, they gave themselves to the Lord, which means by God's will to us. The first aspect of generosity. Let me tell you something. 
Uh, governments haven't rescued nations. Christians have. Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham, going into places where Ebola is just rampant and saving lives. Governments can't do it. They're doing it. There's there's trucks. Remember this truck from Oklahoma? Bella uh, says it right on Operation Blessing. They fill them suckers full of food, uh, volunteers that have jobs. They have jobs. They've got a job to go to. And they come and they lift heavy boxes and they fill them up and they drive wherever they're They call up the TV station and say, hey, look what we're doing. They just do it. And some of those people filling those trucks could use some food. Because they're going to go home to a house. Did you all hear, uh, it was all over the Internet, uh, Bell Fountain, Ohio. That couple just a little older than, a little bit younger than me. Did anybody of you hear about that couple? They killed themselves. They took two gas grills or two uh, charcoal grills. They put them in their bedroom. They put it on the door at the outside for their landlord. And they said, "You know, please be careful when you come to check on us. Please be careful. There's going to be likely carbon monoxide in there. We're sorry to do this to you. We just can't go on." They had both become severely disabled, and nobody from the government would help them. And by the time people realized, because they kept them themselves, they didn't beg, they didn't, they didn't do a lot of that. Their, their daughter, who was 20 years old, I don't know if it, she set up the GoFundMe campaign or somebody set up. By the time they realized, oh, man, you know, and, and she, she wrote a little note for her. She said, listen, I'll pay you back. We'll pay you back. We just we went through the entire winter with no gas. We didn't have any heat. Ohio, folks, it's cold in Ohio. Go on, it about snows in Ohio in September. They had $33 left. They saw no hope. Neither of them could get a job. They were so messed up physically. They had both, the one had become disabled, and then through terrible, terrible fate, another one, the other one had become disabled. And by the time anybody realized it was too late, they had found themselves hopeless, and they gave up. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They wrote notes to their kids. They apologized for failing them. They said, we're so sorry. But you know what they looked at, and the daughter said this? The parents didn't have the Internet. They didn't have the Internet. They didn't have electric. They didn't have any of that stuff for a year. GoFundMe campaign, not a dollar, one dollar. Now everybody wants to give a bunch of money. Too late. It's gone. They're over. They're done. They're, they're dead. Bellfountain, Ohio. It looks Bellfontaine, but it's pronounced Bellfountain. Yet, in this country, we have people flooding in. Flooding in. We say, come on, we'll give you. We'll give you whatever. We know you're illegal. We'll give you whatever you want. We're going to help you out. But these people, these people we couldn't give a dime to? Now there's big questions of the this, the uh, local and state officials. The church, the, the pastor of their local church said, they didn't really ever ask anything. We just didn't realize let me tell you what that tells me more than anything else. You know what it tells me? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Do we really want to know? When we ask folks, do we really want to know? I would say if you, if, I better look and see how much time I have. I'm not paying attention, running around. Good lands, folks. We run around and we say that we care. I'll tell you what, a sourpuss will never get anybody to say, hey, can you help me? If you're a sourpuss, ain't nobody coming up to you talking about, hey, can you help me? 
if you're a rel- religious Rottweiler, always barking about you don't look right, your hair's not right, you don't say the right words, if you're like, hey, I could use some help. I could use some help. But if you love on them, folks, and you be loving, and you have to be despite your circumstances, maybe somebody will come up to you. And I wonder if sometimes people adopt a sourpuss uh, countenance because they don't want anybody coming up to them. Don't bother me. Don't mess. You know, I've got everything the way I want it. But these people, these people, in this service for God's people, also they didn't do this in the way we'd expect. But first they gave themselves to the Lord. We say all the time, listen, you want to be truly joyful in your life? You truly want to want to just be full of joy? Place your faith in Christ. Give your, give your life to God. You'll have joy. And then we don't live like it. We're the advertising that doesn't work doesn't work because the product doesn't work. Or so they think. What if the pitch man or laundry detergent gets on television and he's got stains all on his shirt? Now, if I was the pitch man, I would have stains on my shirt because since, listen, amen. He may have just left out of here, Wes said. I spill since the crash. I don't have a sensation of food actually in my mouth, and I don't, because I think that I'm drinking. I think I've got it covered. And some of you who have been to eat with me, you know, I'm not kidding. My shirts all have a mess on them. So they're never going to hire me to be a pitch man for laundry detergent for clean shirts because they know, well, this fella can't keep himself clean. If they could clean it, yeah. But why don't they do it? Why don't they do it? Why don't they advertise with that? Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Listen, it better work or the advertising is going to be a waste. We talk a good game about God is so good. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And then we live like we live like we haven't been redeemed. We live like he hasn't lifted us out of the mires of our own hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I still remember, I still remember going to talk to one of my dear older friends, what, not that much older than me, but older than me by about seven years. And I remember I went to see, uh, uh, six years, I went to see him and this dude always lived with great faith ever since I was little. I, I don't know how he did it. I mean, he just had faith. You know, I, you know, my mom, I had a problem when I was a kid. Did you all know that? I had a drug problem. My mom, would, she drug me to church on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Tuesday visitation, Wednesday for Awana, Wednesday prayer service, Thursday for this, that, and the other. I mean, I had a drug problem. I was drugged up in that church all the time, and I wasn't always the happiest about it. This fellow didn't go to my church. He went to a different church, but he was always happy. Every time I see him, he's happy. And then turns up, he gets he gets cancer, and it's terminal. Day one, it's terminal. They they say, "Listen, don't buy any green bananas. You're not long for this world." Literally, that's what the doctor told him. Don't buy any green bananas. You're not long for this world. Don't make any decisions. You're gonna you're gonna go really fast. And they weren't kidding. So I go and see him. It's only about two weeks before he dies. I go and see him. And uh, I say, bro, man, wow. Uh, you know, and, and almost nobody was coming to see him. Let me just tell you that. Talk is cheap. 
don't pick up your telephone. Don't 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 text message somebody that's hurt. Listen, folks in this room got me through my crash by coming and sitting next to me and patting me on the one place that I wasn't hurt and just saying we love you and you're going to be all right. You're going to be okay. No matter how long it takes, you're going to be all right. We're going to be with you. And if you're not all right, we'll still be with you because we love you. You know what doesn't work? A text message saying, well, luck, love you, and we can do for you. You know people. Who in this room has ever had anybody tell you, let me know if there's anything I can do for you? Yeah, they don't. They, no. Anything? Let me know if there's something I can do for you that includes me text messaging you a text that's no longer than the one I just sent you. Because you know they're not serious. You know they're not doing it. Funerals. I know this hit home with you this week, and it broke my heart to see it and experience it. You have people you think are your coworkers and your friends, and they don't stop for a minute to do one thing, which is suit up and come and stand next to you and say, man, we love you. We're sorry this happened. Can't fix it, but we're here. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. You know who needs to be? Listen, churches are down. Read my book, Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. I give you the statistics in this little tiny book. I give you these. And up to 43% over the last 10 years. 40, there's almost half. The Episcopal Church is almost irrelevant. The Catholic Church has done a $136 million advertising campaign to bring people back. Come back to the Catholic Church. Right? So many, so many churches are falling apart, disappearing, dissolving. Why? They, they've forgotten what they're all about. They become power structure, right? Religious Rottweilers. Then they forget the, the importance of somebody standing at the door and somebody walking by, hey, how you doing? Come see us. We're having a service here in just a little. We have food too. If you're hungry, we have food. Come on in. We glad. We'd be glad to see you. No, you don't need something fancy. I've told you the story before. But the Vineyard Church of Marysville, Marysville, Ohio. I used to live in Marysville, Ohio. And there was this little tiny church that bought a building of a failed church to a liquor store. And I was trying to fix up my house to sell my house because uh, long story. Uh, nasty, dirty, you know, cleaning, mowing, weeding, digging, scrubbing, all this stuff, uh, trying to get this house ready to buy. And I see all these people, happy-looking people. Now, I'm thinking maybe they walked across from the liquor store. I'm just saying. But, no, they were driving up, and they were going in this church, and they were all happy. It was a Saturday. And I'm like, what are people doing going to church Saturday? Because, you know, I was Monday back then. And I said to the one that usually sits in the back there, I said, Hey, let's go in there. Are you kidding me? We're dirty. We're not going there. We don't have church clothes on. I said, nah, man. We keep coming by here, and there's all these happy-looking people. Let's go in there. Let me tell you something. I went in that church. I won that that uh, that debate. I won that debate, and we went in, and we were welcomed like I've never been welcomed in a church before. This is the only thing, I think, that equals that. And Steve and Colleen Wood, Steve was the bivocational pastor. He He was a car repair guy. That's what he did. He fixed cars. His wife worked. And, and there was this fellow with hooks for arms. Lost both arms. Hot up. Lost both arms in a farming accident. Talking about, would I like some cookies? Hey, would you like some cookies and some coffee? 
seeing him with his hooks, literally, Captain Hook, his hooks, picking up a cup of coffee, drinking. Happy as he could be. And his wife comes in and she got the brightest, happy smile. You'd think, man, these people have not got a care in the world. They're just happy as can be. And then all of a sudden the church service gets ready to start. And these folks start to sing, and this girl, Gina, starts to sing. You could tell by her clothes she didn't have a lot of money. The voice of an angel. She didn't have even a little bit of training. The voice of an angel. She started singing, and I'm telling you, even now I can feel that feeling in my soul. I can feel it welling up in me. The Holy Spirit swirling about that place. Why? Because these people were eager to love. You, you're not going to love anybody successfully if you don't love and let God love you. If you don't love God truly, what in this that's what they did they they loved god listen that was a life-changing experience for me in that church little old country church no more than 150 people in this little old country church changed my life every week after we would go back there and we'd go to that church for as long as it took to fix up the house and you know what it was a two and a half hour drive we would go down there hours and hours and hours to get home one night but we said, now nah, let's go ahead and go. Let's go ahead and go because we can go to the Marysville Church. And we went and we drove home like this, trying to even see. Cars were all ditches and everything. Even for Ohio, it was a bad snowstorm. But we went. Why? Because we couldn't help but to be around those people. That's what I think is so powerful about this. Why was it so amazing to be around those people? Because they had the love of Christ inside their hearts. They loved God. They loved Hashem. They loved Adonai. They loved Yeshua HaMashiach. They they faithfully entrusted everything in their life to God. And they were happy about it. Anyway, this has led us to urge Titus to make this. Is, this is not me talking. This is show. Titus to bring this same gracious gift to complete among you since he has already made a beginning of it. Faith in speech, in knowledge, in diligence of every kind, and in your love for us, see that you excel in this gift too. Let me just say this. I wrote a book called Excellence, Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. If you're thinking right now, I know the people here that you all have the book, except for this fellow in the back. Um, if you're thinking, man, I'm not going to read no book talking about Excellent, Kill the Church. I'm not a church person, but I know the church isn't dead. I'm not saying the church is dead. There's two kinds of people that look at this book. The people that the book is for, you've lived a life of excellence, or you're trying to live every day a life of excellence, a faith of excellence. Or or the book is about you. I'm, look, it's either for you or it's about you. The book is about you if you say, you know what? I'm not reading some book like that. I'm not giving that book a chance. I see the cover. I don't want, I'm not going to read that book. Then you've lived probably a life of mediocrity. You've shut people out. Listen, if you shut the title of that book out, you probably shut a, a neighbor out. You probably shut somebody out that you look down at their feet and you see their shoes are so badly worn. I'm just giving you a free tip here, no cost or obligation. If you see somebody walking around in shoes that are about falling off their feet, don't have the unmitigated call to ask them, is there anything I can do for you? Give them some shoes. If you see somebody that every time you see them, they have on the same outfit of clothes. And they're worn. Those clothes are tired. And they're the wrong season. 
and you see somebody walking around with that, don't have the unmitigated gall. Don't have the nerve say, is there anything I can do for you? Figure out what I don't. I'm the wrong for this. I don't know how to do this, but figure out what size clothes they wear and get them some clothes. You can go to a thrift shop. Doesn't have to cost you more than five, six dollars. You want to help somebody? See somebody coming in through that door that's hungry. Now, first of all, you leave out of here hungry. We can't help you. We cannot help you if you leave out of this place hungry. Then food is not your issue. But I'm saying to you, you know somebody that's hungry that's in your in your circle. Somebody said to me, but what about how does that translate to somebody that's miserable? Tell them about Jesus. But you don't have to use words to tell them about Jesus. Live Yeshua. Live Christ. Be joyful. What in the world do they want to be like you if you're a miserable cuss? I said to a guy one time, he was much older than me, I said, man, you're about miserable. You're, you're, you ought to be five years old, as miserable as you are. He was just a couple years old. You ought to be 85 years old. No offense. Because she's not middle. She's, she's sweet as she can be. She makes me smile. She's a 58 in real use. Anyway, let me go on. I'll get preaching here in a minute. Reread this because you got to have it in, in, in its uh, context. All this has led us to urge Titus to bring the same gracious gift to completion among you since he had already made a beginning of it. Just as you excel, wait, let me stop myself. You heard what he just said, right? Since you already made a beginning of it. Finish what you start. Finish what you start. Listen, there's nothing worse than a Christian who can't be trusted to do a job, a simple job. Somebody comes into a, a place and they say, all right, I'm here to help. They say it real loud. So, oh, I'm here to help. I am here to help, Sean Greener. Here to help. I'm here in this band of needy people, and I am here to help. What can I do? What can I, Sean Greener, do who's here to help magnanimous me? Well, Sean, here's a broom. How about you sweep? We need some sweeping. You know what? The trash cans are full. Would you mind emptying it? Well, I got this bed back. (laughs) Is there anybody I could text? You know, it quickly changes for, look, I'm here to help, too. Mm, can't do that. Let me just text somebody. Do for you. Finish what you start. Don't be above any task. Nobody in this room is. I know I know you people. I know you people. And I know a lot of people that are listening. Yeoman, you get in it and you're done, no matter what it is. You just jump in. Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in diligence of every kind. Let, let me, I might not get through this. Uh, look, in diligence of every kind, in faith, in knowledge. Folks, if your faith is so shaky, you can't minister to yourself. Flash. This is. This is. I'm going to spoiler alert. You're not convincing anybody else. If your faith is so shaky, you can't convince yourself that you serve a living God who is a healer. You only got to touch his garment when he walks by, if you believe. Let me say this, too. I've got to say this, buddy Eric. Look, I don't know his time. I don't know his timeline. God knows. But I'm going to tell you something. God healed Eric's heart, his soul, a long time ago. And I know Eric knows, closed his eyes. 
the last time. When he opens them again, he's going to see Jesus. The same Jesus played his music to and sang to and wrote all those songs. He's going to see him and go, what'd you think? <laughs> that last one I wrote was pretty good, right? No, he's humble. He's humble. He's probably going to say, man, I wish I'd have wrote you more songs, God. I wish I'd have started earlier. Look, if your faith doesn't speak that, take the bumper sticker off your car. Follow me to so-and-so church. Take it off your car. I'll, sh- I'll scrape it off. I have a knife. We'll scrape it off. Then we'll see how you do, and then maybe we'll put another one on. You see people like this all the time, right? They have the bumper sticker on the car. Follow me such and such Baptist church. Nothing against the Baptist. I'm just saying. And then they drive like crazy people. And they're they're rude and they're ignorant. Look, that's not good advertising. Anyway, don't get me preaching. I've got to stop. In everything. Selling everything in speech and knowledge and diligence of every kind. And in your love for us. Let me stop here. Because I was on such a roll. Look, if you suck at love, there's something wrong. If you're really terrible at loving people, there's something wrong. You say, well, I'm not a flowery speaker. You don't have to be. People in this room have come and ministered to me. You saw a need and you flipped. And you ministered to me beautifully. Beautifully. You say a thing. You feel the need. 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 All of y'all feel the need. You know what I was You said, hold on. I got something for you. H2O2. I'm going to be up in there. And he was up in there and fixed this up. You saw a need. You filled the need. All of y'all. It's that's how you do. You've got loving down. You've got it down. We could always improve because we're always trying to excel in everything. And in your love for us, see that you excel in this gift too. I'm initially in an order. Let me just stop here because I was on such a roll. Listen, you can't order somebody to do this. I can't stand here no matter how compelling my little my little message is. I can't compel you. I, I can plead with you and say, life is better. I remember being in that car. I talked about this on this speech. Listen, download that speech uh, and share it with your friends. I remember being trapped in that car, and I remember thinking. I, I, what I didn't think was, uh, gee, I wish I had more money. Gee, I wish I had this. I wish I, no, I said, man, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. I prayed prayers. I've told you all about them. I prayed those three prayers. But you know what I wasn't afraid of? I wasn't afraid of dying. I didn't have any fear. No, no, no whatsoever. I had no fear. People asked me. Oh, the trooper even asked me. He said, were you afraid you were going to die? He said, because honestly... Looking at that car, I can't believe you're alive. Neither can GM, the manufacturer of the car. They bought the car. They cut it up into pieces. Their, their engineer said, there's no way the person in this vehicle lived. I said, you don't know my father. You don't know my father. You don't know how he can move space and time. He can stop and time. Yeah, I bent the steering wheel with my mouth. Soon, a couple months, these are gone. There's wires on my face a year and a half early. The dentist takes me on Wednesday to pick my brain to figure out how can you have this attitude. Amen? That's right. No food lying out of my braces while I'm preaching. Can I get an amen? Look, 
You can't compel people this way. What the most powerful advertisement for this kind of living is? Living. I said to this group this past, last week, I said, live list. Top ten list. The top ten things you love to do. Do you do them with somebody or you do them alone? And when's the last time you did it? Man, I saw people tapping out on their phones, these college kids tapping out on their phones. One fellow had an iPad. He was up there, and I could see tears hitting his iPad. I could see it. He was like 10 rows up. I could see tears coming off of his face onto his iPad as he's tapping at his list. I wanted to go hug the dude. I wanted to stop the speech right then and there and go say, man, that's what it takes to live your list right there. No matter what happened before you walked in here. I'm going to mess around and fall, won't I? Uh, no matter what happens, before you came in this place tonight, this is your new start. And God is prepared and ready to hold your hand. Because let me tell you something. You can call me wackadoo if you want. The, the engineers at GM said there was no way I could live. No way the person in that seat with eight inches of space between where my body was and the front of the car. This, the front wheel was behind my feet. I said, let me tell you something. I believe God can reach in and stop me. I believe he can stop time. You know why? Because he made time. He made time. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it a twisted irony that just a, a, a couple weeks ago, we celebrated Resurrection Day, and they pinned our Lord through seven to nine inch nails to a wooden cross that the father of the man, the innocent man on that cross made and his blood and his sweat fell to the ground, to the soil that his father made. I don't put anything outside the realm of possibility of my God. But you know what? I've got to live my list. I've got to live I've got four minutes. Good lands, people. Man, why don't you people stop me? I didn't get third way through. All these interruptions you keep keep doing. I never said there. I, look, I never, <laughs> I never said these people were well behaved. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll continue this next week. We'll continue this next week. I, I promise you, I'll finish this because it's 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 worth here in the end. But listen, download that speech. Please listen to that speech, and then. And it was heartfelt, I'm telling you. Hard speech to give with my daughter in the front row. She was in the front row. Hard speech to give. I love her being there. I love my kids being there. I love when Doyle's here. By the way, happy birthday to my son, Doyle. He's 20 years old today. Today is the anniversary of he was born on the literal day of the Oklahoma City bombing. Isn't that something? Can you believe that? 20 years ago today. 20 years ago today. Listen, lift your list. Go, go to the same website. If you're listening on here, go to blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. Live your list. Listen to that and then live your list. It's worth it. I'm telling you right now, it's worth it. Uh, God had to get my attention one way or the other. You know what? I'll tell you what. God will get your attention because he was saying a long time ago, this is what I want you to do. The day before, that man right there, my good buddy Rick Green, called me up on the telephone and said, you know what you need to be doing? You need to be traveling around the country speaking and preaching and writing books and, and helping people. I said, I don't have time. How am I going to find time to do that? I have a business. I have a job. Guess what? God made time. 
He carved out some time for me. Amen. God will carve out some time. Listen, we don't change when we see the light. When do we change? We change when we feel the heat of the torch. We change when we feel the heat of the torch. I sincerely appreciate all y'all's attention. It's uh, It means a lot to me. Um, the people that are out there driving around, listening to this, people on their way to work, people on their way back from New York, people on their way to a, a, a tough and trying situation. I really, it means a lot to me that you would take the time. And I want you to know, we'll be here every week. Every week, as long as I'm alive, we will be here. So God bless you. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. <laughs>